I think the temptation of the church is that we've kind of gone into that cheap pop music. Yes. We've created formulaic music that is just plug and play. So boring. Christian music and Christian worship music in particular, you know it the minute they start playing that guitar because it's so boring. They all sound the same. Welcome to the 42 Podcast, where we discuss life together, looking for answers to life, the universe, and well, everything else. Here are your hosts, Rob and Lindsay. Hey, Lindsay. Hey, Rob. How are you today? Good. How are you? I'm doing well. Things are good. Good. So, you and I have just done two episodes talking about revelations and the end of the world and... All of that stuff. And I owe you an apology. Oh? Yeah. So I'm, I'm the one who kind of chose that topic. And I, I chose it thinking, oh, this would be neat. And I, st- I had been thinking about it for a bit. But then kind of everything started changing. Our, our tone. Not our tone. That's not the right way to phrase it. But where you were at changed a bit. And what I accidentally did not fully thinking about it so this is all on me and i am sorry for this is in bringing up the revelations conversation i kind of put you in a spot of weirdness as you're kind of wrestling with and adapting with what you're going through and and experiencing right and i'm sorry yeah, it's been weird trying to figure out what's what's still mine. It's just so easy to fall into the script that I've been doing my whole life that it's I'm kind of trying to parcel out what I really believe and what I'm just super duper familiar with. And that's kind of something I'm wrestling with right now. So it's weird. It's a really weird thing. And the way that, that I brought up and, and did the Revelations topic... I intended and thought it would be fun, but I definitely kind of drew out that old language from you, that religious language from you, which in no means is is what I advocate for, believe in, or, or wanted to draw out. But going back and listening to it again, I was like, oh, I made a mistake. <laughs> I made a big mistake. And, and I am sorry for that, because, you know, you... You and I have had private conversations on that and post and everything. And that's this is not what I wanted or intended or desired to bring out or put you into a spot with. Because I even went back and listened to those and was like, yeah, that, not the best topic, not the best idea at this time for us. Yeah. Oh, well, listen, learned. We're figuring this out. I'm figuring this out. I have no idea. <laughs> I have no idea still. I think this is officially episode like 21 of our podcast, not counting bonus episodes. Wow. And, you know, the number of things that we're still learning on podcasting, uh, 
how to do it, the do's, the don'ts, the rights, the wrongs, and what even is this metric that is used to measure the podcast by or the algorithm or 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 that that's not even talking about the friendship aspects of what we're still learning and balancing right, and right navigating cuz you know we the goal is at the end of every episode we're still friends which means that well occasionally we both screw up and when we do that screw up is to come back and and grow and apologize and you know, I, I am truly sorry for for picking a topic that brought out some of the negative aspects. That's We're cool. <laughs> You're good. <laughs> I didn't realize it was weird until I was editing it. <laughs> and I was like, huh? hmm. <laughs> yeah, and, and then I didn't realize it was weird until you sent me the edit, and I was like, oh, that's not good. You called me a day later, and I was just like, yeah, we do need to talk. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> we're good. But today, we're not talking about the end of the world. Today, we're talking about something a little bit, uh, I want to say lighter, but there are lots of opinions on this, and lots of people who will tell me, at, at least I think me, that I'm wrong. You'll probably get a freer pass than I do. I don't know. We'll see. Hmm. I'm intrigued. <laughs> We're talking music. And uh, to kind of preface this, next week's episode... Ooh, 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 wait, 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 sorry. Also, before I forget, this episode is coming out on Monday, April 12th. So we're recording this, you know, Saturday, April 3rd. We record yeah. about a week ahead of time. Do you remember anything that happened 13 years ago on April 12th? 13 years ago? Am I going to be embarrassed that I don't know this? <laughs> what? No, you're what? not. What happened? Happy anniversary to my lovely, wonderful wife. I love you. Oh, that's right. I was there. <laughs> you were there, yes. You you were one of the wedding photographers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you got some good pictures. <laughs> But no, happy anniversary to my wife. I have not forgotten, at least as of April 3rd. Congratulations. <laughs> so, that's okay. She won't listen to this until about two or three weeks later and be like, oh, I guess that was kind of sweet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so today when this releases, yay, it's my anniversary. Moving on from that, rabbit trail, music. Because this, this episode is prefacing an episode where we're going to talk to an old friend of ours on worship and music within the church and what music is and how it fits in, but then even more of what the bigger picture of worship is and the, the aspects of worship outside of music, and mm. that's going to be a really fun conversation. So... I'm I'm looking forward to that. We still haven't said who we're we're having on yet. I think we'll wait. <laughs> People are gonna think he's this huge celebrity. <laughs> Maybe he is. I don't know. I haven't talked to him in a really long time. <laughs> yes, ladies and gentlemen, we're having the Rock on for worship next week. Oh wait. <laughs> yeah, he's not the Rock. Mm -mm. Sorry. There are those who listen to us and and know the old friends we're connected to. So it's just kind of that mystery of it. Yeah. So, which will be fun. So he's coming up, and we're going to talk with him about worship in depth. 
But I think a great precursor conversation to that would be music opinions of Lindsay and I and tastes and stylings. And going back, this actually falls into one of those lost episode categories. Oh. This was the, I think this was the last lost episode conversation we had Mm -hmm. before you released your podcast. I was like, oh, fine. If she can do this by herself, I can figure this out and push buttons and make it work. (laughs) But music, what kind of music do you listen to? I am, my son has said, why is all the music you listen to sad? (laughs) I I just, I don't know. It's like a drug. I just, it's like a catharsis, I guess. Right now I've, I've been listening to Dermot Kennedy He's this Irish guy, and he's so good. His lyrics are amazing, but his voice is just stellar. I like I like that sort of heart-rending music you can cry to. <laughs> I, Irish music, it, it's either really, like, hyper-energetic and yeah, or really depressing and i wait well i wouldn't say it's like this is irish music he is irish and you only know it because like one or two songs the way he says something it's like is that an accent so you look him up and you're Mm. like oh he's irish but i wouldn't call his music irish it's not like ethnically irish or anything it's it's like lewis capaldi do you know who that is he's on the radio it's he's like him he's a lot like him just that like that voice man it's it's just Vocal heavy, vocal heavy for sure. But yeah, <laughs> I like music that makes me feel something, but it's usually not happy. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, that that's the value of music is, is it draws out feelings, thoughts, moments of life. So a practice I picked up two or three years ago from Matt Whitman. He does a podcast with Dustin Sandlin. It's called No Dumb Questions. And in one of their podcast episodes, they were talking music or or something along those lines. And Matt made the suggestion of creating a playlist for a year. Just, you know, what is the music of 2021 that I listened to that had an impact or an effect or an influence? And for me, that's something I picked up out of that. And I've actually been doing since then for a couple years now where, you know, and January 1 of a new year, I create a new playlist on my Spotify, and it's that year. What is the music that I encounter in this year that I'm I'm finding or listening to or encountering? And uh, that's having an effect. Mm. So that might be a neat practice for, well, anyone to go back to, to listen to, to pig things in what that year is. I get that because like over the summer with COVID, I discovered Billie Eilish and couldn't stop listening to her. <laughs> <laughs> so Billie Eilish was the music of summer COVID 2020. And then and I listened to her all the time. And then and then I started to listen to Dermot. But so I get that. And like there are some so, like Kings of Leon. Remember them from way oh, back in the day? Yeah. They're like the summer soundtrack of post post college they're the soundtrack to that summer you know or how music i love how music can take you back like that 
See, you you said Billie Eilish, and I, I you it was like a switch just flipping, and now I have I'm a bad guy running in my head. Ah, uh, yeah. Because <laughs> the the beat behind that, the music behind that, really is phenomenal. You, once you've heard it, it just it finds a spot and it never goes away. Yeah, you may not hear it, but it doesn't go away. <laughs> nope. But yeah, so I mean, I I don't know. I I bring that up because I just looking. Looking at my playlist for the year, I, I'm not picking things that are sad or, or re- reflective on that. I, I'm picking things that are kind of introspective, I think is the word I want to use, or at least draw me to an introspective spot. Do you remember, first song that I put on my 2021 playlist, do you remember Lorena McKennett? Mm-mm. She would do these kind of folksy... Irishish sounding like long sad but journey songs and hmm. yeah and then that's immediately followed by Gravedigger and then Epiphany from the Disney Pixar movie Soul yeah yep I don't know if you've seen that have you yeah. seen that yet yeah it's good it's good the music yeah, is the, great the, oh the part where he sat down and started playing on that piano mm-hmm that, that I, I was sitting there and I just, I, I started bowling because that, that hit me. Really? See, you're much more in tune then. That's, that's amazing. Cool. Well, here's the thing, that, that piano music, the, the story that was being woven, and that was the beauty of soul is the depth of music. The value of it is what comes out of or what is affected or what is what are the marks on our soul and then what that creates in mm. the expression of sound so you know watching soul that that whole movie in and of itself and the the aspects of sound the soul the music that is created of that i'm sitting there going wow okay this is a this is an amazing movie and then that piano the epiphany part comes up and i'm just i'm bawling yeah so wait a minute, you say that, and are you surprised I'm in touch? Yeah, yeah, well, or that free, <laughs> that free, I guess, with your emotions, I suppose. It's just not, not typical. But then again, my husband will say, like, he's he missed it up in a movie or, or you know, which is like, really? You did? Oh. So, okay, I, I guess maybe there's this fair element to speak to. There's this thing, it's called dad crying, okay, <laughs> and... You know, as fathers, we've kind of got this figured out and down to the science where, you know, we can be sitting there watching a movie and just that little, like, almost dramatic single teardrop. But then we're like, no, suck it up. (laughs) And that for us, in many ways, is is a full (laughs) blubber cry. Right. Yeah. And that's that was the moment for me in in soul where it was just oh the the music is beautiful the the aspect of you know the connection between souls between spirits yeah well i think music that sticks out to me is music that sort of rises above the norm like Mm. you've got all the the, i have nothing against dance music i have nothing against pop i enjoy pop okay but a lot (laughs) of it sounds like a lot of it sounds sort of the same it's all good in the same kind of way, which can get boring. But then you've got these singers 
or these bands like Tyler Childs. He's amazing. Um, he's got Tyler Childer, Tyler Childs, something like that. He's got a really good, um, just amazing voice and amazing vocals and just like lets loose and is free in a way that a lot of these like auto-tuned people are not, you know? Well, and I think, I think it's fair to say that part of the reason for that is this pop music is formulaic. Yes. You know, plug in this beat pattern or rhythm and then you you get this to then add your lyric to and it, it's it's not supposed to invoke thought yeah it's cheap music mm-hmm. and i don't mean that to be insulting but it's it's cheap music but then you get someone like billy eilish who kind of pops into that pop music scene yeah right but she's not exactly pop she is but she isn't and she's doing things that are different yeah and billy eilish is someone who disrupts that algorithm and what she then does is changes it for a generation mm-hmm. so yeah, it's true k-pop is doing the same <laughs> k-pop <laughs> <laughs> yeah that it, it's doing the same thing too of disrupting that music scene so yeah do you remember oh my goodness uh psy opum gungnam style yes Yes. You say this vaguely. Yeah, I know what you're talking. Yep, I've seen this. E- even his, and that's that's got to be ten years old now, I think. Yeah, and and again, what he did and that music video hitting the millions or billions or whatever that landmark was back then, that opened up the scene for K-pop. So I mean, you have these disruptive elements that change music on on a generation level. And it's it's interesting. And you see that a lot with pop. You see these little breakout elements. You know, Billie yeah. Eilish will change music for the next because it brings back that level of grunge from the 90s almost. Psy brought in the, the wave of K-pop we're in now. Uh, Linkin Park brought in that hard rock rap element of the... Industrial sort of, yeah. Aughts, yeah. I loved that stuff too. Lincoln Park, every year they still make my playlist at some point, and it's, you know, they haven't really done much new stuff, but, you know, they, they're they in there. They're a part of what my culture was growing up. Yep, same, so, same. I guess since we hit Lincoln Park, maybe it's fair to ask, what was the taboo music for you growing up? I was sort of, like, it was trendy not to listen to, to, to Lincoln Park in my youth group, like... We weren't allowed to listen to it, but my parents wouldn't have known who that was. So they didn't, like, not allow me to listen to it. My sister uh, listened to, I don't know what the right word is, but it sounded like death metal, like heavy, heavy metal, like screaming stuff that you can't understand the <laughs> words. So everybody just assumed it was bad. <laughs> but it, I don't think it started out bad. I think it was, like, Under Oath and Demon Hunter and stuff like that. But that oh, stuff the... was, like... The Christian screamo band. Yeah, it, it made my parents uncomfortable, I think. But I didn't like it. I didn't like that stuff back then. I kind of got into it a little more as I got older where I like the... I like... Sorry, no, this isn't the question. But I like the bands that are like that that also sing and have beautiful voices like in the chorus or it's not... That's not all they do. Like um, Emery was a really good one for that. I think oh, yeah. I liked Emery. 
I don't know. So I like a mix. I don't like only screaming because that's like, it's like highlighting the whole book with highlighter. Like that doesn't really make sense. You <laughs> highlight things to make a point. So I don't get screaming for the whole song. It doesn't, I don't understand that, but um, <laughs> I like, I did like some of it to accentuate some kind of angst, I guess. But yeah, I didn't have too much. Eminem was a no-no, I guess, because in my youth group, no Eminem, no Eminem, no Lil Wayne, no um, Godsmack, Slipknot, Corn. I listened to those. Eh, kind None of. of that. Eminem always just kind of confused me. Yeah. I think is the right way. I, you know, I I had old girlfriends who listened to him, and I, it resounded with them. But I was always like, I. I this guy's an idiot. Yeah, he's funny. Like, he's got some songs that are super good. Like, even though this was a little after this, I think, after our, this time where we wouldn't have been allowed to w- listen or something, we were older, but Love the Way You Lie was actually a, like a really good song. I really liked that song, and the lyrics are really good. But then he's got other ones that are just like, they sound so stupid, and nothing, does nothing for me at all. So, like, I bought an album of his, and I don't listen to any of the songs except for, like, two. <laughs> So, for me, I just eh, whatever. But then you got I, a guy like NF. Do you know who NF is? Um, NF. It's his initials. He's he's a Christian artist, but he you could kind of I think Sounds he's familiar. he's got a Christian label. Um, he he he's under Toby Mac's company, but his okay, yeah. his music is not. It's not like every song has to talk about Jesus or it's not Christian. It's like he's talking about how he. He's talking about his life and how crappy it's been or his struggles or his music or how he's different than everybody else. Or it's just it's not as emo as all that, but um, it's it's just really good. And he sounds he sounds like Toby Mac and he's good like Toby Mac. I mean, not Toby Mac. Sorry, Eminem. He's he's got that. He's really good. He's really fast. And that's like cool, I guess, to be really fast. I sound old. <laughs> ah, that's all right. We're. <laughs> We're both old in terms of music choices and preferences. My kids think, well, no, let me rephrase that. My kids keep singing, um, I keep thinking Billy and finishing it with Eilish. Who's the other Billy? Billy Joel. Ha. Uh, My kids keep singing Billy Joel, uh, We Didn't Start the Fire. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. But they can only get that chorus that the rest of us can only ever get because it's yeah we something something yeah we didn't start the fire yeah <laughs> except they've changed the lyrics and it's we didn't start the fire it was always burning in daddy's wallet <laughs> that's that's interesting <laughs> yeah it, it was burning in daddy's wallet when you two were born you started the fire <laughs> yeah so yes sorry our music preferences are getting to the point of being considered old and it's interesting the rock is different is that it's phased out and and it's really interesting just kind of watching that where you know i look at new music today and i'm like "Eh." i get some of billy eilish i get some uh uh What's his name? He just did the the video. I only know it because it's been controversial. Uh, Little Nash. Oh, I don't know. He he did a, a video that has some in the church world kind of up in arms, and maybe we should talk about that another day. 
Yeah. But <laughs> that, you know, I know that name because it's in the news. That's about it. Yeah. I don't so. listen to the radio anymore. I just happen upon things and I'm like, oh, this is awesome. And I obsess over it and I listen to it all the time <laughs> until I get sick of it. And then I don't listen to anything much for a while. And then I'll find something else. It's either on YouTube or my husband will show me something. The um, two artists that I've been listening to, they're they're in that Christian genre, but they have this beautiful, folksy, almost Irish sound. The Grey Havens, Ghost of a King. I've heard that song. Beautiful song. Mm-hmm. Beautiful song. I, did you recommend that song to me? No. No. I feel like there there was, I don't know. I, I know a couple of recommendations you made to me months ago made it onto my playlist. I just don't remember which ones they were. And then another one is of Monsters and Men, Dirty Paws. Hmm. Both of those, I, I just find them beautiful. And there's this depth to the story they're weaving in it. And just it, it speaks to my spirit. It speaks to the the reflections I'm going through with this year. Uh which is just fascinating. That's cool. That's cool. I don't know. I'm going to save it for TJ, I guess. <laughs> You're going to save it for TJ? Yeah, I'll Uh-oh. save it for TJ. Oops, I just gave away I his guess... name. Yep, I was about to point that out. <laughs> well, now we know. That's okay. So we're having an old friend, TJ, who is... I actually don't know what his title is, but we knew him when he was a worship pastor or worship leader or whatever that title was back then. So... Okay, do you ever listen to music so you can cry or to be angry no. or to feel yes. a strong emotion and feel it more potently because of the music? Yes. Okay. I do not listen to music to to make me cry. I don't. I normally avoid that. There are songs that uh, songs and movies that kind of go into this unspoken of do not playlist do not engage with because of that because it makes you cry or angry because it makes me cry mm-hmm. so i i'll be honest on that where it's no like okay it is suddenly on that do not playlist but i can't help but engage with it sometimes is the disney movie meet the robinsons okay <laughs> yes i i know i'm not right in the head but that movie to me is is one of those deep heart touching movies and it's this drastically horribly underrated disney movie in my opinion mm-hmm. uh it it should have done better than it it has but it's a beautiful story about you know what is a family a family is the people we build and surround ourselves with intentionally mm-hmm. and so that for me, I'm like, oh, it's a beautiful movie. And then there's the quote at the end of, you know, around here, we keep trying things and we just keep moving forward. When it fails, we keep moving forward and we learn from it, which is something I try to do in life. So so there's a song in there that's like really epitomizes no, that for you? There, there's not a song, but it's just that connection and connective and yeah, me rabbit trailing and reflecting on something that is on that do not cry list or <laughs> do not watch because I'll cry list, but I still watch it anyway. Yeah. Huh. But yeah, there there are songs that kick me in soft spots is the best way I would phrase that of thought and emotion. 
Why do you ask, though? So, music can manipulate our emotions or now supplement or do something to our emotions, and we can do it on purpose. And I think worship music, Christian music, can do that just as much. Yes. So, does that ever make what we feel or do disingenuine? Disingenuous? Well, okay, so I I guess I see where your your question is coming from, and if you're okay... I'm I'm gonna ask some things, and if you're if you're not okay answering it, just say so. That's fine. And because I I stuck on that crying point in my head, is there worship music that brings you or has brought you in the past to a, an emotional place of grief or sadness or mourning? Remember Jesus culture? I think they're still doing stuff. Jesus culture had some music that was just like intense and it didn't make me grieve but it made me like feel my desire and lacking and wanting to be connected to Jesus and but not so sort of like a begging a begging to be (laughs) satisfied but it's interesting that in the past when I've sort of not been doing so great with God I will I will put on worship music intentionally to try to get myself back in a place where I feel things again. So. Okay. Now I'll offer my counter counter spot with that of the, the one that has always still hits me. There's, there's like two that hit me kind of in those spots with worship of, not so much reflective of where I'm at, but reflective of moments. They, they are tactile almost and bring me to memories where Amazing Grace, How Sweet the Sound, mm-hmm. played on a bagpipe, is almost always guaranteed to, to take me back to my grandfather's funeral as me and my cousins walked his casket out of the church following behind the bagpiper, playing Amazing Grace. But then there are other worship songs that are connected into ministry and family moments that that bring in those, it's almost a bittersweet mourning, where they were cherished times, but now they're, they're in the past, but they're reflections of, to me, they're reflections of the hope that is eternity. That's why Amazing Grace hits me, because it's that reflection of hope that is eternity, than I have for the loved ones I've lost. But then some of the worship songs that I, I that are in that spot in my head, it's the same thing. It's a community of belief and grace that is there and desired, but then lost because of just time or life or people who pass. So it, it draws those points out but not in the way that I ever look and feel is manipulative. I feel it's reflective of kind of what my deeper theology is and what my deeper hope for humanity, for eternity, for life, for community are, wow. if that makes sense. 
Yeah, there's a lot going on there. <laughs> yeah, and that's why, I guess that's maybe why my music, my engagement with music and worship is different. And TJ will probably bring some of that up because I, I've always engaged differently with music. Music, music is powerful. Music draws out emotions of uh, joy and grief. It draws out memories. It draws out life, really. I mean, there's a reason. I guess I'm going to go back and hark on this. There's a reason why in Disney's Pixar Soul, why they're attaching the making of music to the very spirit, the very soul of humanity, of when music is made, it's a reflection of the artist's heart in some way. And and I, I will say this flat out, I'll say this probably again with, with TJ, of I think the temptation of the church is that we've kind of gone into that cheap pop music. Yes! We've created formulaic music that is just plug and play so boring christian music and christian worship music in particular you know it the minute they start playing that guitar because it's so boring they all sound the same and and this is where <laughs> i have struggled when i where i was going with what i was saying earlier when i preach uh, I, I put the whole service together, and I struggle with that music part because I don't want to draw things out that are cheap. I want the, the genuine stuff, and I don't know how to always do that with music. I know I know when I experience it and when it's being a legitimate, you know, I'm, I'm drawing something out of myself with this music. I know that, but I don't always know how to do that for others. Mm -hmm. And that's where I kind of struggle because that's... The value, I guess, maybe this is the easier way to say it. The value I assign to music and what it can draw out of an individual is so high, I don't always know how to achieve genuine interaction. Right. And is that your job? Like, no. Isn't that interesting? Like, what, where did we get the idea that that's your job? And is that your job? I mean, I don't, I'm, I'm really curious what, what TJ is going to say, because it's sort of, that's really interesting thought, you know, but part part of the the red flag going up is that, you know, what you said about making it cheap is, and then, and then the stuff I was saying last week about the corporatization, the popularization of Christianity and Christian music. I just think they've hit on a formula. Something happened, and I think it was back when we were young. There was this movement of, like, worship music being sort of spontaneous in, in music and people coming up with music as they were playing. But I think that thing sort of became popularized and other people tried to imitate that sound. That it's like, which is, like, what makes me nervous. I'm going to fight you on this. All right, and maybe we'll run this by TJ and get his opinions, okay? Mm. But I think the cultural revolution of Christian music and its elements and aspects in church being drawn out don't come from when we were young, but go back a another decade or so, back to the 1960s, 70s era, Jesus cultural 
movements. That could be true. I don't know. <laughs> and Woodstock. Oh, well, that could be true, I suppose. Woodstock pushed music to a new generation, a new style of music, a new freedom of music that wasn't there in 50s, 60s era or 30s, 40s. But I think you could argue it was there in the 20s with the flappers. <laughs> this freedom... I. I'm not kidding. I mean, look, it it's cyclic. And I think that's part of where we're at in the church is in this cycle of a freedom of expression, but what we keep doing is this formulaic aspect of that expression that isn't true expression. It's just pop. It's yeah. cheap. Yeah, that's kind of what uh, I said, except you're saying it different. That's what I mean. Yeah, I well, I'm tying it into a cyclic nature, and I'm saying that I think it goes back into the 70s, and now we're kind of at this end point. I, I think the end is coming in the next generation or so of this styling of worship and music. I think we'll go back into something that's maybe a little more reflective and somber. I may be entirely wrong. We'll see. But I don't know. I, TJ will be interesting to get his opinions, thoughts, and... and interactions with but no i don't think the church is i don't think even my position is to intentionally draw out these pieces of connection into the music they're there they're valuable they should be used but they need to be used as expressions of what the individuals are going through not what the corporate is going through hmm. so you know when, when i do when I preach, I, I do rely on our music staff at the church heavily because it's, I have general ideas I want to bring out in my sermons, but I need you guys to help me connect them a little bit better into, into something that's not just cheap and fluffy music, but that's intentional music with theology and reflection in it. Yeah. That's, that's my mindset. That's where I'm at in it. And I don't do well with doing that, again, for myself, because I don't think of music in that way for others or how it can. I know it does. I know when I see it in my life. I just don't know how to do it for others. How to lead it in a group or something. How to Well, no. <laughs> make it a thing. I have been very clear from the beginning, everywhere I have ever worked, where if you ever want me to lead worship... That's perfectly fine. You have to understand our attendance will go to zero in about 30 seconds. I'm not a singer. Well, that's I'm not what not I mean. I mean, like... I know. I'm just... I'm leveling that. I'm saying I don't lead it. I, I can't sing it. I can't play it. I can't... Yeah. Interesting. I'm not someone who can gracefully interact with it in a way that is building with intention and design. With the lyrics and the music, if that makes sense. I think so. <laughs> I think so, too. I hope so. I don't know. Mm. But yes, I'm I'm curious to see what TJ has to say. Yeah, I'm going to have to write some questions. I Yeah, I'm very curious as to what questions you have. Honestly, for this upcoming episode, I'm I'm kind of looking at my position going, I'm a fly on the wall for this conversation, and I'm happy to be. No, don't do that. Don't. Don't scare me. <laughs> I'm kind of shy. I'm nervous. I'm a little nervous. I don't think there's it. anything to be nervous for. I think he's he's excited to be on with us. He's excited to to be able to 
to talk with and engage with us again on this. Um, yeah, and, and one of the things that we're also going to talk a little bit about and release this episode would be uh, the 19th, Monday the 19th, I think, if I'm thinking of April correctly. Which I'm excited because that's when we get to release the new logo because it was TJ who designed it for us. Yeah. And it's been sitting on my computer for, it's been a month now, I think, since I've had that. And I've been itching to to swap it out because our old one was something I just put together and I'm not a graphic designer. And what TJ made was beautiful, is beautiful. Yeah. And and we'll talk. I won't be an entire fly on the wall. But, you know, this is this is your questions, your engagements, and I think it'll be great. Mm. Yeah, I'm excited. <laughs> you look very pensive. You okay? I'm thinking of the things that we're going to talk about and, like, experiences that I've had. And I'm interested to see his opinion on those experiences and, you know. Can I ask for a preview? No, I I gotta think through it a little more. No. Okay. <laughs> no previews. I gotta think. Come into it. the episode, Cole. Be here. <laughs> Maybe I'll give you a preview off air, but. I... <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, let's not bludgeon TJ at least. But yes, it, it'll be good to. I am intrigued. I am. You know, TJ and I have had some conversations leading up to this of. We met TJ when he was the worship leader. He was there my second year. He was there your second year. And uh, he and I had some conversations kind of about that time and life and so on a, a couple weeks back. And uh, part of the reflections was on my interaction and engagement with worship and how that'll fit. Because I think it's fair that we speak freely about this at least. When we were in that young adult program, there was worship every morning that we were there for an hour. And my engagement every morning was basically to sit in prayer and quiet in in my spot. Yeah. Yeah. And the music didn't engage, interact, or connect with me in the same way but that it did But were you engaging others. with God? You know, were you there, like, thinking about the Super Bowl, or were you thinking... You know, like if you see, and I, I think that's, and we're going to get into this more, but I don't think it was any of their business what you were doing. That's between you and God. I mean, that's just my opinion. Lindsay, you're not wrong. And, and how I engaged with worship, because TJ and I, and I had this conversation, we'll have it again, I guess, when the mics are on, but that was the challenge that a lot of people hit with me. Cause I, I got talked to a couple times on that where it's, no, this is how I worship. Well, but you're not worshiping like the... Do you want me to worship like the others, or do you want me to worship in the way that I connect with God? And yeah, you know what? You don't know what I'm thinking, because I'm sitting there quietly. I'm I'm taking what is my moment with God, and you're right. Maybe my moment was thinking about how the Steelers are going to be in the Super Bowl this year. But that's between you and God. God and I talk football. <laughs> We do. We talk football. I ask him why. Why do the Steelers keep sucking? Mm-hmm. Yep. I love the Steelers. Please be good this year, guys. Come on. <laughs> Stop playing with my emotions. Um. Anyway. But yeah, I mean, that that was a struggle with that time and how... 
people engaged and interact and saw what I did with worship. And, you know, TJ and I had some interaction and conversation on that that is going to be incredibly fun to talk about again, I think. Yes. That's interesting. Uh-oh. Sorry, Uh-oh. I'm going to make noise and write this down because you just said something interesting. Oh, no. Oh, wait. What did I say interesting? Well, the routine, you know, that you... Oh, actually, no, you didn't say it, but you made me think of the fact that to what extent is worship a routine you know, something that you learn and acquire, if you learn how to worship. There's a good example, I think, with where you're going with this, and it is the ritualization of worship. Mm. And the Catholics have this down very well with how they do Mass. There's a ritual to it and an intention to it. Yeah, And, so... and I don't say that to undermine or be like, hey, let's throw them under the bridge. Because there's beauty to the ritual, there's intention to the ritual, but sometimes we lose that in just being in the ritual. Yeah. Agreed. It's going to be a fun conversation. I think so. All right. I think I'm good. Are you good? I, I'm good. My mother-in-law's here. We're going to go die Easter eggs now as a family, so... Good. Yeah, this is go a good die. spot, I think. And... <laughs> Easter eggs. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> That was a very long pause. Go die. <laughs> oh, okay, what did I do? I'm sorry. I already apologized at the beginning of the episode. Ah. Yes, I'm going to go die. Easter eggs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's good talking All to you. All right. Yeah, it was good talking to you too. And uh, hey, next episode, TJ's on and we're going to have some fun. All right. Oh, oh, oh. And before I forgot, because I didn't do this in the middle, but uh, if you are listening to this, take a moment, please like and subscribe to our social media accounts. Feel free to engage with us. Toss your questions in, because we're going to be having these conversations with TJ soon. And hey, if you put some questions in and, and we miss them in that conversation, we may come back. We may re-interview TJ. And feel free to connect with us through badtheologyproductions at gmail.com or on social media, where you can find the 42 Podcast on both Facebook and Twitter. Thank you guys for listening. Thank you guys for being here, engaging with us. You are part of the reason that we're doing this. Thank you. Lindsay? Yeah. It was good talking to you. You too. See you later. <laughs> All right, we'll see you. Thank you for listening to the 42 Podcast. Please take a moment to like and subscribe. And if you want to join in on the conversation, you can find us on Facebook and Twitter to add your voice to the conversation. Thank you.